Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake. Okay, let's get into our wellness corner now, learning about imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. While this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it has links to perfectionism and the social context. It can affect anyone, no matter their social status, work background, skill level or degree of expertise. While for some people, imposter syndrome can fuel feelings of motivation to achieve, this usually comes at a cost. Constant anxiety is the cost. People without social anxiety can also feel a lack of confidence and competence. Uh, Imposter syndrome often causes normally non-anxious people to experience a sense of anxiety when they are in situations where they feel inadequate. Okay, so this is courtesy of uh, Very Well Mind, uh, just to give you a bit of background there. Joining us, though, is Yvette Rachikopa, NLP practitioner, on uh, just learning about this. Thank you so much for joining us, Yvette. Good morning. Morning, Asanda. Thank you for having me. I hope the weekend was good, was it? It was very kind. I got to <laughs> rest and to do a bit of travel, so that was good. Oh, great. Okay. Great. Where did you travel to? Mampula, Mampumalanga, Mampumalanga. Mampumalanga. <laughs> okay, great. We're glad to, you traveled safe and you're back with us on Sunday week. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I sound awake today, so that's good. Yes. So imposter syndrome, I mean, we're saying in our introduction that it's it's sort of like on two different sides where you feel like you are incompetent, but then mm. on the other side, it could drive you to, to want to achieve even more. So let's talk about that, uh, I don't know, duality or mm. what do you call it? I guess it's two parallels in, yeah. in a way. Yeah, make so, us understand a bit better, yeah. So I think in that regard of, you know, if you feel incompetent, and the thing about um, imposter syndrome is that it makes you feel like people are going to catch out, right? catch you out and, you know, find out that, you know, you're not good at what you're doing. You're just pretending you're actually incompetent. So because you in your mind feel like you are incompetent, you feel like you have to compensate in order to achieve. So the anxiety that you have tells you, because you have consistent thoughts that keep playing in your mind, like you're not good enough, right? People are going to catch you out. So that means if you feel like, you know, people are going to catch you out, you then overperform so that people don't catch you out and then to make sure that you deliver because you can't afford to to have people catch you out. At least that's the narrative, or at least those are the thoughts that keep playing in your head. So I think the the, the extremism when it comes to performing, even though you're already doing enough, right, you Mm. feel you're not good enough yourself. So in order to compensate for that feeling or because of that feeling or that those thoughts, you then go and do a lot more than what you need to. So you, those people that are staying up late, you know, even though you're completely, you've done enough, you've gone over the document enough, you're there still working and doing more so that people don't catch you out. And you always have this anxiety. So that's mainly a result of that feeling of anxiety, you know, and those thoughts that, that go with that anxiety that makes you want to like overperform so that people don't catch you up. We experience anxiety generally as people acquire in a, if a few circumstances in life. So how does one know that the anxiety they are experiencing could be a symptom of imposter syndrome? I think it always depends, you know, because sometimes it's, it's that nervousness, you know, which is that's the amount that you can handle. But if it becomes debilitating, you know, um, you find yourself maybe struggling to even work sometimes or you find yourself just in this place 
space of panic and really deep self-doubt, you know, where you just feel incapable. And that can really affect your output, you know. I've worked with people that maybe because they're overthinking things or they're overworking, you know, you're up, you find yourself having so much anxiety that, you know, you're struggling to sleep. You find yourself having so much anxiety that, you know, you, when you're in, the, in that meeting, you can't even get yourself to talk because you're so deep in that emotion or in that feeling. And that's when the anxiety is not serving you, right? So mm-hmm. I guess it depends at which extent it affects you on a practical level. You know, is it affecting your day-to-day life? Is it affecting your work relationships? Because when you have anxiety, and sometimes it's social anxiety where you can't, you can't speak up because of all the thoughts that you're having and all the fear that you have about saying the wrong thing, not doing enough, you know. So it really goes back to, is it the, the amount that you're feeling? Is it serving you and how much, how, how much it's affecting your life? So also the, the, the drive as well, that motivation to achieve. When does one know that it's now gone overboard and it could be uh, detrimental for, for one's health and, and part of uh, the symptoms for imposter syndrome? Because we want to have drive. We want to mm. achieve, uh, you know, we, we say these affirmations to ourselves every morning when we start our day. When does it become part of imposter syndrome then, that motivation to achieve? I think... Okay, so when you look at imposter syndrome as well, you have to look at the root cause, right? And from my experience as a life coach and, and so forth, I find that a lot of people that the, the imposter syndrome started in their earlier years, right? So that means perhaps in their childhood, they had an experience which told them that they don't belong or they're not good enough, right? Mm. And in this experience of I don't belong, right, there's a narrative that they started telling them, I have to overperform in order to belong, Right. So this could be something, for example, whereby you experience it, say, you went to a new school, right, um, in your childhood, and you maybe came from an underprivileged background. So when you get into that school, you feel like, I don't belong, right? And that's the narrative you have. So then to compensate and belong, you're there, you know, um, doing a lot so that you can feel like you belong, so you can feel accepted, so you can feel safe. I often call it Cinderella syndrome Mm. um, when I'm trying to break it down and explain it to people. So because so the motivation is coming from a negative space. That's the problem, right? Mm. It's not coming from a place of acceptance. It's coming from a place of fear. So you have to look at where the motivation is coming from because if you operate from a space of fear, right, most of the time people that have imposter syndrome, you'll find that they're really successful, right? They have really a lot of qualifications. They just don't believe that those qualifications, you know, Mm -hmm. are something that they deserve or they're good enough, even with those qualifications, even if they have the highest um, position in their job, even if they just got that promotion. So the the problem is the motivation of the, of the, the, the root of their motivation. If it's coming from a fear and the thoughts that I don't belong, I'm not good enough, then that can't sustain you because eventually that's when it builds um, the fear becomes anxiety and then you can't really perform. You can't always keep up. Right? You feel like you're not doing good, good enough, even with, with that motivation. So the problem is the source of the motivation, the root cause of the motivation, and the emotions behind the motivation because you're motivating yourself from fear. That means the moment you can't perform, the moment you feel a burnout, right? Mm. you are unable to perform as much, and then there goes your worth, there goes your performance, there goes you feeling like you belong. So that's the problem. Okay, so let's talk the characteristics then or, or symptoms or signs. We've covered self-doubt, mm. we've covered overachieving, and we've covered your uh, berating your performance, which you just said now. What yeah. are the other signs to look out for? I think it's mainly the thought as well. You know, when you feel like a fraud, you have these thoughts that 
people are going to catch you out, you know, so you just think that one day people will be like, aha, we know that you've been pretending all this time, you don't actually know what you're doing, you know, and you have these constant thoughts of just feeling like, you know, you you definitely don't belong in the space that you're in and you just got there by luck. So a lot of it, you don't attribute your successes or the where you're at or the things that you're good at, you just think it's, it's good luck, you know, so it's almost like, you know, you are also... You are you're disqualifying your you know, your your qualifications. You may struggle to even receive compliments sometimes when people say, "Well done on that position." You're like, "Ah, it just happened," you know. Or you even small things like, "You look great today," you know. Mm. You can't receive those things because you don't believe them about yourself, right? So if you notice, it really boils down to the thoughts that you have about yourself and the things that you believe around your successes, around where you are. So those are some of the, the symptoms to look out for as well. I'm reminded of examples from last week because we touched on this a bit in our trending topics, just mm-hmm. saying that uh, singer, South African singer Simpiwe Dana had tweeted that she does suffer sometimes from imposter syndrome and she's had to talk herself out of that. Uh, and we quoted as well Me um, Chiume, who was saying when she was cast in The Lion King with uh, Beyonce, Mm. And she felt, you know, as a South African actor, she she must be lower than, you know, these international people that she was around. And then she also had to talk herself out of that. And them coming to the open uh, field and expressing how they felt, uh, it touches on, you know, what we were saying. Like you say, it can affect anyone. It doesn't matter what their social status is. And most of the time, it's those people that we look up to and we think have it all figured out. Definitely, it goes back. It could be anybody, really, and that's why I say sometimes the people that are doing really, really, really well in terms of, I guess, how people like to classify people. And even if you look at her experience, you know, it's like she's qualified. You know, she's one of the best people in SA, and that's why I say sometimes it goes back to, you know, the root cause and how you feel about your background, how you feel about you know, being in a new space. And sometimes it really is just a normal feeling, you know, to go that and then you can talk yourself out of it. But here's the interesting thing as well, right? Mm -hmm. You can also sabotage yourself, you know, out of really good opportunities because you're like, I'm not qualified enough. You know, I don't have the expertise. Even when you have a PhD, even when you have the qualifications, even when you have the experience, even if, you know, you've been in, in this position, and the people around you completely trust you, but you don't trust yourself. You know, you believe you're a fraud. You believe that, you know, you're not good enough and you don't belong or, you know, you're not worthy of this position. So you can actually quite self-sabotage through your internal dialogue because mm-hmm. of that those, that story or those thoughts that you have about around you not being deserving of that space. What are the triggers? What, what can trigger imposter syndrome? I think just a new opportunity like a promotion that you get in your job and maybe you didn't feel prepared for, you know, or you never planned for, or you just always doubted yourself for. Um, And this is interesting because sometimes you find that you've been having many, many promotions, but each time you're like, oh, no, I'm not ready. You know, and there's this almost internal dialogue that really, you know, um, keeps you from, really makes you question that. I think just new opportunities, new surroundings as well. You know, if you change your surroundings and maybe you have to suddenly speak at your job, you know, um, before you never had to talk at all. And now you have to make decisions. Now you have to um, 
now you have to talk as well, you know, in a space, and you're not used to that. You've never prepared for it. So if you notice, a lot of people with imposter syndrome also tend to over-prepare, you know, because of that narrative going on. So I think mainly a new position in life as well. You could have become a mom and still have imposter syndrome because of the own thoughts that you have about not being good enough as well, you know, not being worthy of even being a mom as well. So those are some interesting ways that that can also show up and be a trigger as well. So how does one cope then or, or try and, and uh, you know, move away from it or talk themselves out or take the necessary steps they need to, you know, have that mental talk or that inside talk in a better way if literally almost anything can trigger it? Because mm. you, you can't avoid those circumstances where there is a change, there is developments happening in life. Um, so how does one cope? I think you can cope by first obviously understand where the imposter syndrome comes from because obviously context gives you grace, right? So if you understand your context and why you feel this way, then you can separate, almost separate yourself from the feeling that you have because you know the truth behind the feeling, you know? So if you can track and say, when did I actually start feeling like I don't belong? When did I start feeling like I'm not good enough? And then when you start to notice, your mind will say you were treated differently in your childhood and you never felt like you belong, you know, in your home. You um, had to switch schools at a young age and move to a new school, you know, where everybody had better cars, everybody came from a privileged background and you felt like you didn't fit in. You struggled to speak, you know, you you struggled with your speech or you struggled with speaking English, you know, which is something that happens a lot in South Africa and you still felt like you didn't belong. So that's when it started. So I think understand the roots so you can give grace yourself and understand your context you know and understand that oh this is where this comes from and then just because you have these thoughts does not mean that they're true so i think yes in the moment it is quite tricky you know but you have to look at those thoughts and question them you Mm -hmm. know is this the only truth that exists you know because there'll be thoughts like i'm not deserving you know or they're just putting me there because they couldn't find anybody else they're like is this really true you know did they not really interview so many people for this job you know do you not have qualifications you know so really question the thought and remember that that's just because a thought comes up does not mean that it's true and look at the other truths that you can consider you know look at the other outcomes that you can consider to say okay fine um I do have the qualifications for this job. You know, I am well equipped. I do actually have experience for this. And just change the way you have that inner dialogue with, with yourself. And then look at, be kind to yourself. You know, in our mm-hmm. inner dialogue, I think we're all often hard on ourselves. You know, so look into the way that you speak to yourself as well. And really just extend kindness and grace to yourself and say, you are good enough. You know, some of the affirmations you can use are, I am good at what I do. I belong to be in, I belong in the room or I belong to be in the room. Um, and mm. look at other things that you can say. So I always say the thing that you say to yourself, say the opposite of that. And that's your affirmation. <laughs> um, mm. And I think one of the other things that you can do in order to overcome imposter syndrome is to really speak to someone, right? Get out of, out of your head, right? And speak to somebody. So I always encourage journaling if you're someone that, you know, often doesn't speak to people and really list your thoughts, you know, what am I thinking? Why am I feeling it? Because sometimes, like I said, context gives you grace. I'm feeling scared and overwhelmed because I'm going into a new position and I don't feel prepared. Is this true? No, I am prepared, right? So that's what an inner dialogue looks like. So sometimes just talking it out that somebody really gets it out of your head and they can give you a different perspective and say, you know what, um, and encourage you really, but it really boils down to the 
conversation you have with yourself. So look at why am I feeling this way? You know, um, what can I do about it? Right? I can speak to somebody. Um, I can really just look at the fact that I am qualified and I do deserve to be here and just unpack it in your own mind in a healthy way and seek to understand it and not judgment. So replace self-judgment mm. with self-compassion. Okay, we've got a voice note. I don't know if there's a question, but let's listen before you go, uh, Yvette, to this one. Hi, Sister Sanda and the team. It's Ipe here in Utenek. And as I know, do past experience contribute into one developing the imposter syndrome? Because uh, uh, I wanted to share my story, but I'm just looking at the time. Can past experiences contribute to one developing this syndrome? Thank you, Sipe. And you touched on that, Yvette. Yeah, childhood trauma can also contribute, right? So past experiences would. Definitely. Even past experiences of maybe where you felt excluded. Maybe you went to work in a toxic work environment and they tended to be an exclusion of treating you like you don't belong. It could be even racial exclusion. You know, the, the thing is, looking back at that question that I said today, when did I start feeling like I don't belong? You know, when did I start feeling like um, I'm not good enough? And looking at tracking the experience, it could be more than one experience. So it could be childhood. It could be in your previous workspace. It could be when you were studying and maybe you had to study abroad. There are a multitude of stories, you know, that could really speak into that experience. So definitely. Okay, give us the affirmations again. I am enough. You said? (laughs) I am good at what I do. Mm -hmm. I belong to be in the room. Awesome. Let's leave it on that note. Thank you so much again for joining us, Yvette. Always a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you for having me, Asanda, and your listeners. Wishing you a blessed week further. You too. Thanks, eh? Yvette Rachikopa, NLP practitioner, discussing imposter syndrome, just understanding that as well.